Here's a quick question for you. Is it possible to steal a salutation? <laughs> you heard me. Is it possible to steal another man's salutation? I only ask because doing this, it's always weird and awkward as to how to begin. Is it, hello, hi, hey everyone, hell yeah. You know, what kind of gusto, what kind of words do I need to open this up? And whenever I think about greeting, I think about a psychiatrist I used to work with. I used to be in a, I used to be a social worker in an older adults mental health team. Honest, I know. The blind leading the blind, really was. Uh, so, I used to be a social worker and one of the psychiatrists would just come into the room where everybody was and rather than just individual mornings to people, he would actually say, mornings, just a, a blanket, like a napalm the room with a salutation. If you were in the room, you got it. If you weren't, you missed it, blew it. Um, so that, whenever I think of a salutation, that's the only one I ever think I would steal. Mornings! So I may try and use that one. Um, so today, I want to give you a tip about writing sales copy. And it's something that I'm thinking about a lot. At the moment, I'm writing a video sales letter for an upsell, a second upsell in a funnel. Now, before you get turned off by the idea of funnels, don't, because this is more of a kind of timeless, generic in a good way marketing principle that applies to anything that you write. Anything that you write or create that you want to convince your customers to do something, which is pretty much anything we write. So it's worth bearing in mind for this. And it's this simple idea of thinking about where your customers have come from to get to this point. So let's use this upsell number two VSL as a kind of example. So if you think about most funnels, if you're running it to cold traffic, so to get to an upsell number two, somebody has seen your Facebook ad, they've read it, they've clicked read more and read the whole thing. Then they've clicked the Facebook ad to get to the sales page where they might have had a video sales letter on there as well but certainly they've read the sales page and made a decision to buy. They've clicked the button, paid the details and that kind of stuff and gone to upsell number one. So they've had a VSL for upsell number one as well, looked at the sales page, thought, that sounds good as well. I'm gonna go in on this. So they've bought that as well. They've bought two things and then they get to upsell number two. So they've had quite a journey to get there. They've seen a Facebook ad, a front end page, and an upsell number one sales page to get to upsell number two. The odds are that if you've got a logical flow to your products in your funnel sequence, they don't need that much of a sale to make a decision, excuse me, they don't need that much of a sale to make a decision on upsell number two. They don't need that much more info because it's probably gonna be in the Facebook ad and the previous sales pages. So you've gotta think about where your customer is coming from. And a good example of this is like Facebook ads. So let's take extreme versions of Facebook ads. So let's say you've got a course on pimping out your gran. You might have a really short Facebook ad that says, get my new course, pimp out your gran, here for only $47, and then a link. Now the odds are, if, if that's your Facebook ad, and that could work, I don't know how, how about Facebook compliance about pimping out your gran, but you can try it, see. Um, if you had a Facebook ad like that, the sales page is gonna need a lot of information on it. You're gonna to need to tell them about who you are, you're gonna to have to get proof elements in there, you're gonna to have to explain what makes your pimping course different, maybe testimonials and backstory, maybe you're gonna to have to explain why they need to pimp out their gran, you're gonna to have to tap into a lot of emotions and logic and things like that. So the sales page 
from a really short Facebook ad is gonna to have to be bigger. But let's say you write another Facebook ad. Let's go the other end of the extreme. Let's say you, uh, you, you detail the case study of how you pimped out your gram and the five benefits that came from that. So you've got this massive Facebook ad that is very content heavy that talks about you, your history, your gram before, your gram after the pimping, the five benefits. Maybe you've got a testimonial in there as well. The sales page that leads from that doesn't have to have a lot in it because a lot of the elements that would be there were already in the Facebook ad. You've got the proof, you've got the story, you've got the reason why, you've got the benefits, you've got what makes you different. So the sales page coming from that wouldn't need to be plentiful. In fact, a lot of the time for some Facebook ads, if they're really detailed, the only sales page you really need is a click here to buy it now button. So that's what I want you to think about. Think about where, whenever you sat down to write something and you want your reader to do something, think about, think about what do they need to know to make this decision and how much, have they, how much of this do they know already? Because if they've gone through your entire funnel, you've probably ticked a lot of boxes. And if you've ticked a lot of boxes, there is no need to tick them again. <laughs> In fact, with most checkboxes, if you tick them again, they go blank and then you need to retick them. So think about what boxes you've already ticked to get here and then just fill in the gaps with the new information that they need to make a decision. So a good example of this is that it's not funnel based, is that when I used to be a magician, I used the website johnholtmagic.co.uk. Now the problem with that is that nobody knows who John Holt is. I'm not a famous magician. And if nobody knows who I am when they're sober, you can bet after 15 pints, they've got no chance of remembering me. So when I'm out performing at gigs and handing out business cards, they get lost and people don't remember who I am. They just remember they saw a magician and he was okay. That's the benchmark I'm going for. So I tried to come up with an idea that would make me memorable, even for drunk people. And so I hit upon the idea of buying the website notdynamo.com, notdynamo.com. So now I could create business cards that just had notdynamo.com on them, and I could call it out in my act to say, it's all right, lower your expectations, I'm not Dynamo. In fact, I can prove it. Look, I bought the website notdynamo.com, and I would pass cards around and people would go, oh yeah, it's fun. And people would even check the website on their phone there and then. And obviously, at any point in the act, I could call back to notdynamo.com to lower people's expectations. Now, the thing is, the only people that ever saw notdynamo.com were people who'd, who'd seen me at gigs. So the sales page that they need or the website they need to see is completely different to somebody who's just found me on the internet and has no idea what a magician can do for them. So on my normal John Holt Magic page, there's a lot more information. You know, here's how I can help you have a great wedding. Here's how I can make your corporate event awesome and private parties. But notdynamo.com was more about, um, you know, you've seen me. It, they've seen me already. The only question they have is how much and are you free? So I don't need to make a big sales argument because they've already seen me live and in person, which ticks a lot of boxes. If I'm the right magician for them and they've seen me in person, the sales job is virtually done. All they want to know is how can I get a hold of you and how much are you? That's it. So that's, that's what I want you to think about. It's not just for funnels. Your customers are always on a journey. 
and at any point if you want them to buy something or click something or share something or like something you need to bear in mind what information do they need what's what's the threshold of information they need to be able to make this decision of their own free will without being cajoled so what information do they need to know and what do they know already you know if you're sending somebody to a sales page from your email list to somebody who's been on your list for years you don't need much more of a sales argument than if it was to you know but if it was to call traffic you need a hell of a lot more so think about that what do I want them to do what information do they need to know and what do they know already and then look at the gaps you need to fill and then fill those gaps it's just like building blocks once you put everything into place and you give them everything they need to know that's when they can make a decision so do that for the next thing you write be very conscious about what they need to know and what they know already and then fill in the blanks and you'll get much more better results. You'll get um, better response, better sales, pimp out your grand course, will sell like hotcakes. And uh, yeah, that's all I have for today. Hope you liked it. If you've got any questions, leave a comment below. If you want to share the episode, feel free. You can find buttons all over the place for doing that. But thanks for tuning in and uh, I'll see you next time.